Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. I'm your host, Damien, well, I'm one of the co-hosts, Damien Greathead, sitting in Sydney. My co-host, Penny Breslin, sitting in San Diego. How are you, Penny? I'm okay, Damien. How are you? Oh, come on. Okay. What do you mean you're okay? You, what, have you got, what have you got in your hot little hands right there? You've got a copy of... It's not just the numbers. It's not with just the numbers. On it. With, <laughs> with our names on it. And yeah. I think that's really exciting. So we've been talking about a book on this podcast for quite some time, um, a little bit longer than what we probably expected to be talking about it. But now it's hot off the press, uh, cpatrendlines.com. Uh, that's edited where you're by Liz Farr. Let's let's edited by that. Liz Farr, CPA. Absolutely. Um, so we've worked with Rick Telberg over at CPA Trendlines to get it published. Uh, so that's where you'll be able to find copies of it, and we'll make sure that we uh, we share those links on the episode on our LinkedIn profiles, etc. But yeah, quite exciting. After quite some time talking about it, editing it, re-editing it, taking some pieces out, putting some pieces in. Um, it's quite a hefty book there as well. I sort of forget how, how big it is. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of white space. <laughs> um, uh, well, they put all the uh, checklists and everything in here. Well, I was so going to say, that's, that's part of the, also the important yeah. part of it is, I mean, we it's, talk it's a lot about the tools. It's kind of like, with, remember that time we went to Edie's house? Oh, yeah. And, and we sat down and we talked about things and, you know, the way she wrote her book and it was, it was all stories, so it is kind of a lot of stories, and 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 real stories of, of us stories, working yeah. in accounting firms and what we what we talk about yeah, well, uh, on on the episode on the podcast. Yeah, well, you and I have both done in different places around the, uh, around world, the world. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so, so that's exciting. So again, cpatrendlines.com is is I think where you'll be able to find it, but we'll put those links. Uh, on the on the site, which is satvc.co, uh, and then we'll also put them on our LinkedIn profiles as well. So um, check us check out the book. Um, I think we'll probably have some discount codes or something as well. But the other big news, Penny, is we're going to uh, be in real life IRL again. Um, yeah. I got the got the okay, got the green light to come along to QuickBooks Connect in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. Yes, it's sold out. From what I hear, you're a lucky man. Sold out. I know. I, it was a very short list in terms of the the number of Intuit employees from non non US QuickBooks team that uh, that is able to attend. So really excited. I I, I was actually getting nervous because this would be the first QuickBooks Connect that I hadn't attended. So I was I, I feel like um, uh, Willy Wonka and I getting the getting the golden ticket to uh, and, to the event. And Rachel Fish said to say hi to you. Oh, hello, Rachel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and it's actually fun on uh, on LinkedIn and and the socials seeing people who are getting excited. I just saw the speaking lineup as well. I mean, Penny, you and I weren't invited, but that's okay. But um, a good a lot. It's probably really safe. <laughs> but a lot, but a lot of good, um, a lot of a lot of good speakers on there, and and really excited about the program. Actually, quite excited not to be standing at the receipt bank booth for for three days, and and actually getting out and. Uh, taking in some of the sessions and, and talking to the other um, attendees. So, yeah, really excited. And, and folks, so if you are going, um, hit us up. We'll try and do a, a, a live recording uh, for the for the podcast there. But, yeah, very excited to, to see you in person, Penny, in a few weeks in Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. 
I know. Yeah. And and um, Serena Williams, I'm excited. Malcolm Gladwell, Simon Sinek, the keynote speakers. So um, should be a great program. Yeah, I didn't know she was going to be there. I guess I really haven't looked at that. I saw Mal- <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell. That one was more interesting to me, but that's okay. Right. Uh, righto. Well, let's, um, let's get on with today's episode. And folks, if you are um, uh, heading to QuickBooks Connect in Las Vegas, early in December, um, let us know and, and let's catch up for a, a coffee or a, um, a, a chat. We'd love to, to run into some of the loyal listeners. But today's episode, Penny, you, we were just chatting prior to, to starting the episode that um, one of the new clients came on board uh, and yep. you, or you're onboarding one of the new clients. And um, the last one, the last Yay. one for the year. I mean, the year. Folks, listen to that. The last the last new client for the year. In oh, except I did break the rule. I did. Oh, as in you 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 said yes to another one after November. Well, only because he is buying clients from another firm. Uh right. That we are already working on. Okay, so he's buying into your firm. Not buying, not into your firm. Sorry, he's somebody buying, else's. Oh, he's wow. selling off. He because he's he's a niche, yep. and so he is selling off all of the clients that don't fit his niche. Wow, and. He said, I know somebody who can take care of them. And when he called me, I go, well, I'm not really taking new clients. And then he goes, well, they all come from, I go, oh, we're already doing those clients. So yeah, sure, that'll be fine. Got it. Uh, perfect. Um, but you were talking about a, a, one of the the new clients that you were onboarding and a little bit different because they're not a traditional accounting firm. Is that right? No. Or they're, right. Yeah. Over to you. They're kind of like, they are a, so they're a, a She's an accountant. They're both they're accountants, and then they have a bookkeeper. Um, and they, but they do the back office work for other firms, right? So um, they're having us do all of the heavy lifting because they do the other firm does all the taxes. The CPA firm does all the taxes, and they do all the regular bookkeeping. And it's all cloud based bookkeeping. They don't have any. Uh, desktop or anything and it's all it's it's not a vertical niche but it's all in the same stack tech stack and um so she we had our onboarding meeting this morning 4 30 this morning um and uh she uh she brought up right away she goes i know that our biggest problem is going to be remembering that you guys are not just here, that you're way over there, you're working on a different time zone and that you don't know the client. And she said, I know even within here, because they all work virtual themselves, the right. three of them. Yeah. I know that even here, you know, because they all were like, they were getting their kids ready for school and stuff. When we had the, one lady was on a farm. She was getting animals ready, you know, but it, she goes, I know that I can call them up on the phone or they can call me up on the phone. And if they have a question about a client that I know the answer to, we can do that. And that's not going to be the case with you guys. So she said, I, I don't know how to do that. And I said, well, first, write us a story about each client. She goes, Oh, I never thought about that. So yeah, just, if you could just, if you could just tell us the type of business it is, what they do 
and all the apps. And she goes, well, we only have three. And then by the end of the conversation, there was six more in that stack. (laughs) So she goes, well, I hadn't thought about that. And I I said, this is what happens. Um, Because there were were four people from my office in Chennai and my partners, then the head of the bookkeeping team overall, Vidya, and then the the team supervisor for this client that's going to be this client, Ernie. And they all had questions and that pulled out more information that they realized they hadn't given us. And they also realized that their workflow that they were using was not really being utilized properly or correctly because they really weren't using it. They were just actually picking up the phone and defaulting to ignoring the technology that would help manage it. Uh, defaulting to, yeah, what's the easiest way to do it? Just pick up the phone and give them a call or walk down the hallway and give them a call and ask the question. Right. And then like half an hour after that, there was a call with another, somebody who's already been a client who was using workflow, who implemented the workflow, who last night slacked me and said, hey, you guys aren't using our workflow properly. We're behind on work. You're doing clients that we don't want you to do. You're not doing the clients we want you to do. And I went, okay, let's discuss this. Well, I've heard this conversation so many times. Mm. And sometimes it is us. I mean, there there was one time when it was like, uh, were you even looking at the due dates, ladies? (laughs) But um, overall, most of the time, so it was exactly what we thought is that she was only looking at her dashboard and she did not look at our dashboard. And I said, you've got three due dates for all your clients. She goes, well, yeah, but some clients are priority. And I go, at what point did you think you were going to let us know that? (laughs) And she goes, well, I hadn't thought I had to tell you. I'm like, well, it's sort of interesting though, isn't it? I mean, but I did like what you said earlier there, Penny, where tell us a story, tell us a story about the the client and whether you're, again, whether you're, you're working on a, um, working with a, the, the firm is fully in the office, whether that some people are hybrid, some people are remote, fully virtual, whether you're working with an outsourcing provider, back office outsourcing provider. I really love that. Tell us a story and oh, let me hit record first and tell us a story and we'll probably ask some questions along the way. But I think I always remember as well um, the first edition of the book that, that we put together and you were talking about the ha- having everything, the client file, and that first page of the client file is that story. And so you record the story, put that file into the, the document management system, the audio file, get it transcribed get all the, the key bullet points out and make that the, the one of the, the key source documents of the permanent file. I think that's a really important part. And Yeah, because, you know, it's not just for an outsourcing company like mine, but if you've got a virtual or hybrid team or you're hiring somebody even within the continental United States, but they're on the other side of the country. Even if you're just hiring somebody new and they're sitting next to you, re- yeah, exactly. read, the, read the client story. And, you know, even back then when we did the first version of the book, what was it, 2013? Um, Everything was kind of documented by, you know, putting it into a document, a digital document. But now it's even easier because all you got to do is sit and record. And there are so many different 
applications. There is Zoom. There is Loom. There is Scribe. There's a new one. I'm trying Komodo. It just, um, it, I got it on AppSumo. Um, I got a really good deal on it for 15 users. That's why I'm looking at it. But, uh, but you know, you can, you, they're already going to try and scribe it for you. So there's very little typing involved. And um, I think that that's something, it, it doesn't require you to have to be at your desk. One, you can be on your phone. But the other thing is if like you're using Komodo or Loom or Scribe, if you just walk through what you do and record it, just about anybody's going to be able to follow the, most of the work that we do that's not tax-related work. Yeah. Um, so, and as long as they have a, a basic understanding of accounting. And that was that was another thing that happened with the client about the workflow and stuff. She said she realized that they had given some work to an administrative staffer who did not understand our questions because she had no context of the terminology used in QuickBooks Online. Hmm. And, you know, and that's that, that's true. I mean, each of these applications have terminology and we tend to use that terminology when we're asking our questions. Yeah, because that person had not been she wasn't hired to do that, but she was told to do it. And you're in it every day, and that's yeah. your that's your that's your daily language. Whereas somebody that's that's not in it on a daily basis and is certified in it and all that type of stuff, yeah, it's that's. And she goes, "Oh struggle. my god, I have to teach her how to do that. I didn't think I'd have to do that too on my side." And I said, "Listen, that's simple. You know what? You, me, and she will have the three of us love a meeting because they're back east." I said, "Let's have a meeting, and we'll just walk her through it, and we'll record." what we want her to do. And that way she'll have it in front of her to go back to. But she won't need it because it's really simple stuff. It's just she didn't understand the terminology we were using when we were asking the questions. Yeah, yeah. But I think- And that happens a lot even for us to not understand. Um, if, oh, simple, simple miscommunication is huge. Uh, we had a client, we have a client, another one, Becky's that, um, I had to remove somebody from a Zoom meeting and it had to go to a different person. So last night I edited it and I resent out the meeting and my team assumed I had changed the date because I resent out the meeting when all I did was change the, the person yeah. on the U.S. side that was going to show up. And they're texting me in Slack going, can you send us the date and time for this meeting that you changed? And I went, I didn't change the date and time. <laughs> Still there. Yeah. It's still there. It's just a different person. So, you know, so they went, oh, okay. Because there was an assumption they made. Well, if yeah. she, she sent it out again, it's because she changed the date and time. No, it'll notify you if you change the date. If it's changed. And, and it's it's in the calendar. So it, it is there. Yeah, it was in the calendar too. But, you know, they didn't look at that. But also I think, you know, um, workflow is great because it moves tasks around the office. It moves tasks uh, from team member to team member, but how are you? How are you moving the the tacit knowledge that's in your head? How yes. are you moving that around the office? Because I need that. I, I might need that context to complete my task efficiently. And if I'm in a different time zone, or or, or I'm not in the office, how are we going to? And what are we going to use to capture that 
tacit knowledge so that I do have the context that I need to complete my tasks. Now, this uh, one client this morning, when we asked her about that, because the other thing that happens is if you're really good with your clients, and I do experience this with a few of the direct clients I have, and I experience with the lack of it with a few of the others, um, is that um, she said, she said, you know, she goes, we're going to set your, because they get, we asked them to give us an email on their domain. And that way, all the invites go to that email. So nobody ever sees our name when they're logging in. Right. Yeah. If, they, if a client were to log in. Right. But um, they, they stay, the way they do it, they use Office 365 and they create subfolders because clients, they've trained their clients to send them an email if they do anything funky with spending their money. Like they make a deposit that needs to be equity mm-hmm. or they make a big purchase and it was personal or, or something along those lines. But she said it does happen. She goes in and we've got them very well trained. She So she goes, this is something that we learned. If the client was going to give us the information, we need to make that information available to everybody who need to touch the client. So they do do that. They have that organized so that every client's emails go into folders that are shared by everybody. And um, because you might, you know, you could you can find a lot of interesting information and, uh, and answer a question is, by reading the email instead of asking three or four people before it gets down to the telephone tag of the and client. Is, is says, I sent you an email about that a month ago. Yeah, I sent you an email. But is that efficient or, or is it the case of, you know what, before I start the client file, I just go pop in, see if there's any new emails and just have a quick Well, that's, that's and... one way of doing it. The more efficient way, I think, is the Lysio way, but <laughs> uh, which, which I did bring up. But <laughs> well, well, which is the Lysio way a bit like Slack that I sort of see the stream of consciousness and I can then work my way through rather no, than no, going it's, into it's, it's a little email. bit more uh, focused and organized. Okay. There's not a, this isn't a stream of consciousness. This is a stream of consciousness is what you would probably do in a, a, to get tacit knowledge out in recording yourself. This is an explicit, I did this uh, with my money, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Bookkeeper, I'm making you aware of it. Uh, righto. Okay. Got it. Got it. Because everything's going along smoothly. And then this month, something drastic changed and it usually means deer in the headlights if they're not very good and they don't have context or a phone call or uh, a back and forth tag of emails. Mm-hmm. Instead, she's quite trained her clients to notify them and she gives them like explicit, if you do this, let us know immediately. And actually, um I've been on the road um, showing accountants and bookkeepers some of the functionality within QuickBooks Online. And no, I, I'm, you mentioned Lizio and a couple of other um, products as well. But even just that functionality, there is functionality within QBO. Uh, yeah, we that use that with to, three clients. We that allows that you to ask clients. questions on transactions uh-huh. and that sends a, a note to the client to say, log in to answer these. And, and it's just, it's captured there in, in so, and, and however you do it, it's, it's all about, capturing that information and making it easy for the the to and fro with clients to um to to capture and training your clients and training clients yeah yeah training clients to do it and then training your team to look for it i yeah. mean like 
I've got, I've, I'm testing, you know, we've got people in Bookie, we've got people in Keeper, we've got people in Lysio, and we've got people using QBO and then Hubdoc and Zero. So it just, in the inbox in Zero. So there are, um, it's one thing to train the client on it, which you should have that person who will do all that, who's not a bookkeeper. And then there is training the bookkeepers to go and do that. I have to do it all the time. I go, uh, why did you just slack me that question? It's in bookie. Why mm. did you slack that question? It's in keeper. You go look over there. Don't ask me to do your job. Don't ask. And, and also do it in real time. Um, don't, cause again, I, when I, the, the small amount of bookkeeping that I did do, it was in a desktop world. And, and I just remember at the end of each month, you'd send this list of 16 transactions to the client to be like, what are these for? And the client would be like, I have no idea. Uh, whereas if, and, and actually one of the more, more important ways of indicating to your clients that you are on top of things and you are working through things in real time, and I use inverted commas for, for real time, is to show them, to ask these questions um, throughout the course of the month, just after the transactions have taken place. It's a great way to actually show your clients that you're on top of, on top of things. And most and I explain, when I do ask them, I explain the reason I'm asking you this is because if we do this incorrectly, it can affect you this way. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, and we're going, and here's how we're going to ask you. It'll show up on your app. It'll show up on your phone. It'll show up mm-hmm. in your inbox. It's really important that you get back to us as quickly as possible there. And then you could, you could dictate a note. You can um, write an email. You can take a photo of something, but the sooner that you get it, get it to us and the sooner you get that um that question answered the sooner we can move on to to what we're really doing which is the 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 management reporting the controller type services etc but if we don't have the answers in a timely manner we can't do what we've promised and what you've paid for and or match the goals that you're trying to achieve yeah 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 exactly yeah um you know i mean that's the thing about all goals that you set you do have to have um you have to have, you have to, if you're going to set a goal, you know, you might as well use it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and remind your clients as to why we're doing it. This is what yeah, you exactly. told them. Yeah. Remind them why you do it and remind them in a way that they, you show it helps them. Yes. It's not about you. It's about them. You can have what's about you be you. But when you're talking to the client, it's got to be about them. Unless they're being dicks or assholes or whatever as you want to call them. And they're not being helpful. And then you could say, yeah, this is about me. You're really being a jerk and you're not helping me here, but you make demands on me. So realistically, I don't want you as a client. And I, I think you, you can actually say, I need this information because I, I need to close the books. And most bookkeepers stop there, don't they? Whereas it should be, I need to close the books so that I can get you the information yes. that you need to make the decision about X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Um, and, you know that and very, goal that you and I discussed you wanted? Yeah. I, I want to do, do this for you. Yeah. I really do. I need you to do your half of the weightlifting here. Yeah. And so I think, so. You, you do the bench press, I'll do the squatting. <laughs> but if we're thinking about for practitioners, business owners that do accounting and bookkeeping for their clients, is this information captured in the workflow tool? Is it captured in the client file? How do we how do we build this? Well, I think system? I think now more often than not, especially if 
with the, the, the workflow tools that are out there now as compared to the the dearth that was existing in the early 2000s and 2010s, the, it is relatively easy to capture it in the workflow. Um, I mean, you know, like I use Microsoft Office 365. We have clients that are in Google Suite, but I can sit here, open an email from somebody in Office 365, and with a single click, I can send that off to a Slack channel. I can send it off to a project tracker. Mm -hmm. Um, I can choose where I want it to go. I can, in Slack, I can say, here's this link, and I can auto-forward and I don't even have to touch it. So, I mean, and that capability didn't exist when I wrote that book in 2013. So yeah. now I can just dump that into a project and say, here's the note. On this task, the client just added this information to it. And it's in the task. And it stays in the client history. And I, th I think we've, we've done an episode previously for on workflow and where we've talked about in all honesty, we're probably most firms are just scratching the surface of the full capability of, of the yeah. tool. And just as you were saying that, I was I was just thinking you could sit down with your team and look at all of the different tasks associated with what you do, and not just to do the books, but also the client comms and the client administration. And I think if you actually mapped out this workflow and the clicks and and where the information comes from. I, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised if you gave that to sort of uh, someone in, in the tech space that loves the apps, that loves automation, that loves things like Monday.com or Zapier or, or whatever. Um, you, you'd probably find that you've already got most of the tools that you need, but with a few tweaks and a few um, automations in there, you would automate a whole bunch of that stuff. As you said, with a mm -hmm. rule, we can send it directly to a particular file. So... I don't know. I think it's a really interesting, really interesting activity to do now is how how could you automate as much of the regular recurring activity that happens in the administration of your client files? Because we've talked about automation of transactions and automation of and, and that's got to be reviewed. But but what about the automation of the administration? Task? Yeah. Then once you have that done. You now need to on a reoccurring, if you're really going to dig down, you got to get in on a reoccurring basis and go in and gather all that information and redo that client file that says this is how we do the client's work. Yeah. Um, that's something that um, I hear that often. Like, you know, we have process and procedures, but, you know, we really haven't looked at them for a couple of years, so we probably yeah. need to back and look at them. Um, and that's another thing where the Beth can do, <laughs> find my Beth. Um, uh, so, I mean, you know, there's, there's just an expanding list of things that can be done that not necessarily um, a debit and a credit item, but do move the process along a bit more smoothly. And, you know, supposedly there are a ton of people being left off from tech firms that are probably looking for jobs, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, you know, and, and it's, um, I, uh, I have this uh, connection with a um, 
some virtual assist, a virtual assistant company in the Philippines. And um, I like them because they have, obviously I like them because they have the same model I do and that their employees are actually on payroll with them. They're not just, you know, contractors. They actually come into an office and everything, but they have a tier and they've got people that are, that do that, that are, that have degrees in project management mm. and process processes and uh, business process outsourcing. And, um, you know, I, I just sent a couple of clients over there. Like, you know, you want us to do more bookkeeping and accounting work and you need somebody who can do this, this type of assisting work. And the thing is with us, if they hire them, they, um, they work, we usually have, you know, they have meetings with my team in the middle of my India's day because it's the middle of their day, you know, so it, it, it works better actually. But, um, you know, still, I, I still think that you can go to a community college and hire somebody who would just drive this because it can be daunting to think, oh, wait a minute, I've got, you're asking me, Penny and Damien, you're asking me to run a, an accounting company or an online bookkeeping company, do all the marketing, and then do all of this development, build out my tech stack, and then detail out the workbook. No, no. You need to know you got to do it. You need to know what has to be done so you can delegate and hire and refocus or repurpose somebody in your office to do that for you. And, and I know it's got to be done first. And people are probably, oh, that sounds expensive. But actually, no, it, it, it doesn't have to be. I mean, there's so many different ways in, in which you can leverage workforces around the world at your local community college in a part-time contract, whatever base. But just to, I think it's an important point to recognize that it needs to be done. Yeah. And, and quite often recognize that you're probably not the best person to do it, I think is another important part. But I, I like that and, and get someone that's doing a, a project management focus um, at the community college or, or your Beth that we've been talking about. Make sure they've got some project management experience because that's really what they're doing and that's that's what's that's what's happening. And, and that's that actually just means that the whole project management, client management aspects taken off your shoulders so you can focus on what you want to do and what you most likely do best, which is servicing the client or getting out and winning new clients. I think that's what it's all about is, is how do I do my best work? I've got to leverage other, other people's capabilities to do that. I'm going to make a, a shameless uh, promo here. Last night I was having that discussion with somebody who heard the conversation with the client who called me last night and said, Hey, they're not following the workflow and stuff. And he, uh, he took, uh, he was, he was a government worker and he took the Kaizen uh, and Toyota class for how to do processes and stuff. And so he was giving me a lecture on process and procedures and, and tracking and workflows. And I just gently handed him this book <laughs> <laughs> and he shut up. <laughs> uh, what do you think the conversation is I'm going to have in the morning? Uh, I just got to figure out who I'm supposed to have the conversation with my team or the other accountants team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's a matter of understanding that, that this is, this, this type of work is very fits into this mode very well. The wild card is always, the client. 
or the people, isn't it? Yeah, the people are always the wild card. The yeah. technology can, yeah, it can have a glitch. Yeah. But not as often as people glitch. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I do, I glitch all the time, man. I was like, what the hell did I just do? But, um, you know, you've got, you've got people working on, but you've got clients who are business owners who are running like crazy. Just like you're running like crazy in your firm, they're running like crazy in their businesses. And they're going to, and they're used to being able, it's their money. They're used to being able to manage it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's capitalism and there's nothing wrong with it. It just, you know, you've just got to kind of realize that's the wild card. So what, what kind of, what kind of tools and people and within my ability to control it, and I hate that word control, but to oversee what can I put in place? What are the guardrails I can put in place to minimize their wild card activity as it affects my day-to-day work? And and recognize that, as you said, that they're they're running a hundred miles an hour, twenty-four-seven, running their business. You're doing the same, but your business is looking after their business, and so you've yeah. got to work out how do you actually make That's it. A great easy. way of putting it. I love that. That's how great. Do you, well. Thanks, Penny. <laughs> how do you make it? How do you make it easy to to facilitate this flow of information to and from and back and forth? And and what are the tools that you put in place? And and also, who is Beth or or who is that that client relationship manager that can monitor that? Because again, it shouldn't be you because you're focused on delivering X, Y, and Z. But that actual asking, managing, um, ex- exchanging the information that's a really important role as well. And Technology does some of it, and then the the human element's an important part of it as well. And that could actually be, because I think you've said this, that could actually be that they could be sitting in your office, they could be sitting in your city, they could be sitting in the Philippines, um, managing that relationship and and asking for the information and making sure that the information is is flowing smoothly um, between client and and the firm. I had a, this, this kind of relates, relates in a little way, but the other day I was having a conversation. My daughter called me frustrated about her daughter and I went, oh, she's behaving like you did. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, she, she was talking about how, you know, she was getting, telling her she had to go, we, they were going to go in and clean her room together. She's a little young to be doing it by herself yet. She's only three. And she went into the room and she started tearing it apart because her idea of cleaning the room was just pulling everything out. I was like, wow, man, she takes after her grandmother, oh, her great-grandmother. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, but I said, remember when you were little about that age and you asked for Christmas, you asked for a robot so it could clean your room for you? I said, you were a little older, you are about five. She goes, oh yes, I vividly remember that. You gave me a robot, but I had to put it together. <laughs> I said, at some point, a human has to kick in and do it. You can't have the robots do everything. So I did. I went out and bought a robot. Of course, you couldn't have a robot that cleaned. This was like 19, what, 85? This is so, it was like just a small little robot that was going to be able to walk across the floor, you know, <laughs> and, and be like Robbie the robot and stuff. But she had to put it together. And it was a project we were going to do together. But um, she was. she goes, you know, I'm 38 years old and I remember that. And I still, I still remember pissed. that. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I learned. I said, so what I want lesson. you to do in two years when Ember's five, I want you to go out and buy her a robot. And I'll bet you it's going to work a lot better than yours. Than yours. <laughs> Probably do a fair bit more. It might actually clean the room. Um, yeah. uh, though I'm not necessarily yeah, sure. The promise, the promise of technology in 1985 has come through, Maggie. You could probably get a robot that'll clean your room for you. <laughs> Um, but I, again, and and I think as well as as we sort of think about coming into tax season, and we think about um, some folks will be like, oh, you know, most people come into the office and that type of thing, so it's not that big of an issue for me because I can just wander down the hallway. But but actually, that's not the point because then when something does happen, the snowstorm on the east coast, the kids are sick, um, traffic's a nightmare um covid covid um everything grinds to a halt because we haven't taken that time to take what's in our heads what's in, in that tacit knowledge and put it into the the workflow um so that whoever picks up the file can can work on that file whenever and wherever well actually we used to say wherever because that was the whole the whole goal of um you know, a remote workplace in the cloud is people could work, people could work at the beach. And I don't think anyone necessarily did work at the beach, but it was very much about work wherever you want to work. But actually, I think now it's about people can work whenever they're able yes. to work, whenever they choose to work, whenever they do their best work. And and the last thing you want to do is is hold up one of your team um, because they, they don't have all the, the information that they need to to, to talk to a client. Actually remember that one. Is, that's really true because there's a lot of people that outsource to us that work weird hours because it suits them to do the work in, in because of their lifestyle, yeah. whether they have children, most of them it's women with children to tell you yeah. the truth. And um, just, let's just be honest. And they're getting kids off to school or stuff like that. And they find that, it's easier for them to work, some of them wicked early in the morning and some of them wicked late at night. They're not working in eight to five, but they're being very effective because they can focus because they don't have this other stuff that's, you know, their home life. So you, I think that's great. It's, it's not even just where you work, it's when you're working. I remember a firm in, um, top 100 firm in downtown Manhattan and we were talking about, this was probably what, 2017, 2018. We were talking about how do you build this cloud accounting um, model? And, and the big part of it, my big, big pitch was it's the democratization of information. So wherever the team is, you've got an office in Long Island, you've got an office in Manhattan, you've got an office in Florida. Um, the team can work on it, collaborate on it whenever, wherever. And, and I said, what's holding you up from that? And one of the team members put up their hand and said, I don't even know my client, the client's email address. I've got to walk down or I've got to send an email to such and such to find out basic information, such as an email address. They won't let me communicate directly with the client. And it was sort of this realization of like, oh my goodness, you're, you're, you're a top 100 firm, but you're still all operating in silos so rather than being a top 100 firm, you're actually, I think there were like 25 partners, you're 25 small firms under one big roof and you don't want to share this information. It's not going to work. 
Um, and not this think, kind of stuff. No, yeah. that's that's why I think I find that the most successful ones are the the younger people that are coming to us that already have the mindset of um, transparency and um, and also the, the mindset of I can't do everything. I think that's yes. one of the well, things. They, well, they they went to schools like when I was when I was studying to be a teacher. Um, you know, I went to Catholic school, you sat behind a desk and you got knocked in the back of the head constantly, you know, by the nun. But when I was teaching school, the, the classes, even like when I was teaching high school, it was all in circular tables. The kids worked in teams. Yeah. They didn't, they, they had individual time, but the majority of the time they were working in teams. And, um, there is even a story about it in the book because I was teaching a class and how I my first time as a student teacher and how I screwed up and I learned about how you need to pre-set the anticipatory set with the anticipatory set. You have to get everybody together, but it's, this is a generation. And I would say even with my own kids, when they were little um, back in the eighties, they were still sitting behind desks. But by the time they were in high school, they were in circular tables and um, it gives it a whole different mindset. You go into a conference room and you sit down at a, a table and there's chairs and they're all facing straight ahead and you know you're going to get lectured to. Mm-hmm. You go into a conference room and you're sitting down at tables and everybody's sitting around in a circle. You're not going to get a lecture. You're going to get a workshop. Well, actually, that, that's a really interesting point. Um because we have been on the road doing events and talking about trends in the industry and all that type of thing. And it is funny the sometimes we do do rows because of capacity and we've got to do rows to get bums on seats or to get the, to fit in the room. But, and, and, and it is very much lecture and there's not a lot of engagement. There's not a lot of sort of discussion. Whereas when we're on the re- when we're in the rounds or in a U shape or something along those lines, there's just so much more conversation between participants that have never met each other. There's so there's a willingness to engage in the the content and put up your hand and and ask other people around the room that that actually you just don't have when it's when it is those rows. So really interesting point and it's sort of coming off um, three seminars this week with with different room setups. You're absolutely right. Well, as somebody who used to have to set up seminars. Yeah. <laughs> and we do multi-day ones. Yeah. We change the configuration every day based on how we wanted the mood of the room to change. Yeah. Because we could force a change in the room by changing the layout. By changing the layout. Yeah. So when I checked hotels for space, I would have, to, have to check have to see both. if I could get all three layouts in that room. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, Penny, I mean, we, we've talked, we've covered. Yeah, I know, we today. went off track there, I'm sorry. No, 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 but, but I think actually, I, I think that's I think that's sort of a, a good topic for our next episode is how do you build the culture within a hybrid work environment, a virtual work environment, a multi-generational work environment? So how do we yeah. build that culture and, and what are the things that we can do now? Because tax season is stressful, so what can we do now to to um to help build that trust to build that culture um and have a really um i won't say stress-free but a really productive tax season and what can we do to do that but i I really like some some things today and and a big one for me was sit down and tell the story of your clients to to new team members to yourself to to 
to the team to remind them of of who they are, what they do, what you're doing for them, why you're doing it for them, record it, get it into the the knowledge base um, and use that as a as a means of building this this tacit knowledge so that people have the context that they need um, to get that job done. That's a that's a big takeaway. I like the idea of remembering it's not just where they're doing it, it's when they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Give them the space to do that when they can. Absolutely. Well, Penny, um, yeah, always a pleasure. And I can't wait to, to see you in real life and, and have this conversation yeah. uh, face-to-face. Um, yeah. Folks, yeah, we're going to be in Las Vegas for QuickBooks Connect. I think it's, what is it, December 7, seven 8, 9? December eight, 7, nine, yeah. 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 And I, cool. yeah, you, you and I will be there a day ahead to have, because you land in from Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'm in a couple of days earlier. So um, if you are headed over, uh, hit us up. Let us know that you, you'll be there, and we'd love to sit down and um, and have a chat, have a have a coffee, have a glass of wine or a cocktail or whatever it is. Uh, check us out on satvc.co. Do us a favor and um, rate us, rank us, write a review, and then of course, if you've got any questions for us, hit us up on LinkedIn so you can find Penny Breslin and Damien Greathead pretty easily. There's not too many of us. Uh, and then also, last oh, but not God. least, last shameless plug, um, it's not just the numbers. Um, you can find it on cpatrendlines.com and uh, let us know what you think of the book. Penny, always good to see you. Always good to talk. We'll see you next All week. Right. Same here. Bye-bye.